Welcome back to the Look Good, Feel Good podcast, baby. We are here live, feeling good, coming off a little Cinco de Mayo weekend. What's up, Coach Mario? What's up, buddy? How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, bro. It's that Monday, bro. They either, it's the start of the week, man, so you got to do whatever you can to build that momentum. We talk about create that positive energy and go from there, and that's why we moved our podcast to go and uh live on mondays that way we can uh really build that momentum through the week yeah we're fresh you know we're recharged i saw you've been doing some at home uh workouts with with your uh with your son liam was it i think liam, that's him yeah uh you've been getting pretty creative with those videos man yeah man uh listen i would love to be able to do all my videos and all my workouts at that gym and the irony of it is I have very little time to do that at the gym because uh, people want my attention and they deserve it when they're there that's what they pay for so I said how do I hack this bro Uh, and ironically my best workouts the last month have come from home because I have everything Mm -hmm. at the house but I also still have to entertain my kids so how do I kill two birds with one stone that's exactly how I do it. And you're doing some weighted pull-ups on monkey bars or something at the park? Yeah, yeah, we went down to the park. Again, kill time. And I'm like, dude, I get bored easily. My wife hates it. And I'm like, dude, I'm just not going to sit here and watch these boys play. Let's, 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 go, let's go do some fitness. Yeah, you got to move around a little bit, right? Oh, yeah, we were sweating hard. But, hey, that was about noonish, which is the worst time to go outside. We went there for about an hour. Bro, they slept for almost four hours. They wiped out, huh? Done. Nice, nice. Cool, man. Let's get uh, right into it, baby. So we got some topics uh, that we were kind of shooting back and forth via email and over the weekend. Just, uh, you know, we try to keep it relative as possible. What's going on in our lives, in uh, the gym, um, you know, and just keep it a nice flow. It's fresh. It's it's important. So let's uh, let's, you know, dig right down into it. So what I got today with that breakdown. the breakdown, what I want to break down for you guys is when there's an opportunity in front of you, how to recognize it, how to prepare for it, how to kind of come up with, hey, is this for me? Is this not for me? And so I'm just going to go ahead and let it the elephant right out of the room right now. I'm currently in a transition to another gym up in Benita, Smash Fitness. And it's very hard for me to do because, you know, I love you, Mario. I love the gym, uh, Naples Strength and Conditioning. And I'm in that transition, right? So kind of like within these, you know, two weeks, I've kind of been doing some type of reflection Mm, on this new opportunity for me. So then I think, how did I get here, right? So I set myself up in this situation. I'm going on seven years as a personal trainer. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. And... I started, so I'm I'm, tw- I'm turning 28 next, or yeah, next Sunday I'm turning 28. That's crazy. So I got into the game, you know, 2021 as as a trainer, and you know I just want to really stress the importance of like I didn't feel entitled for anything. You know, I always make this joke. My first uh, paycheck for personal training was $21. <laughs> That's awesome. My first personal training session, I got paid six dollars. Bro, and you were proud. Yeah, and I was proud, and I was like. My foot's in the door, right? right? My foot's in the door. So then, you know, fast forward from that time to now, I'm just, I'm always trying to learn, you know, I, any chance I can learn from you, if you're, you know, coaching, I come to class early and you're finishing up with a PT, I try to, you know, just listen in. And I just want to really stress the importance of like, 
you know, not feeling entitled to anything and just, you know, have that mindset that you kind of got to put in the preparation. You got to put in your due diligence to when this builds and builds and builds. And, you know, one day at a time, you're getting better and better and better and trying to master your craft that when another opportunity comes around, you have the confidence to take it. Yeah. And I don't think confidence is just like something you're born with. I think that as you put in experience and you create a high level of self-awareness, something I'll talk about later, there comes a moment where you have to decide. And that action or lack thereof in action can produce opportunities down the road or uh, create a feeling of what if. And I think that regardless of what happens, I think that you felt there was an opportunity that would hurt you more in the long run if you didn't take than if you stayed where you were at, where you were comfortable. And you can never fault somebody for that. And that's the most powerful thing for you is that like, I feel you or I as Brett feel like that is an opportunity to move up the uh, social ladder and your career path. How could I be upset about that? Right? Yeah. I can't say I support you. I'm here for you. I want to do everything for you to do what you want to do and love. And then when you cr bring this opportunity to me that I get upset. Right? Because in my past, I've had people say that and say that. And then when I told them I was going to go open up my own gym or I was going to take another job, they, you know, they, they, they were salty about it. Yeah, not necessarily like, you know, they nodded and said they were happy for me. But and then I left and it was everything but that. It was passive aggressive online. It was, you know, they said we should hang out sometime. I've never had an invite. And I just remember saying, man, I never, ever want to do that to somebody regardless. Right. And, you know, the other thing, which is important, is you said from day one, Brett. Yeah. You said from day one that, I mean, your journey through our facility is one I wish everyone had. Come in as an intern, move into the instructor training program, come on staff, and leave as a head programmer. What an amazing journey. Yeah, you put it like that. It sounds awesome, man. You know, but people don't think like that because they're so, I think it's ego. I think they're very immature. And that's not like, am I stupid enough to think that every single one of these individuals are gonna that come through my gym as coaches are going to be with me forever? No, I didn't. Like they, they are doing this because they love it. And if they see opportunity down the road, how can I fault them? And that's where, um, where I think our relationship shows more that, than anything else is like, like I support you regardless of whether you're doing it at my facility or somebody else. And we continue to prove that through our friendship, through our podcast, and through just being friends. And that's how it should be. Unfortunately, it's not always like that. Yeah. And I could tell you, you know, firsthand, our relationship is not going anywhere. And, you know, I told you the other day, I want to bring you up to the new spot, try it out, show you around, show you the new atmosphere, and just get your thoughts on it. So Absolutely. And so I think one is help them understand the vision because it's like, why would Brett leave a really comfortable place with relationships that he's built for a commercial gym in another city. So I think 
that you have a very unique perspective. I think the other perspective that we both connected with on day one is that we were personal trainers first. We mastered the craft of one-on-one specialty programming. And to me, these types of trainers coming into group programming are 10 times better than people that only know and been trained group programming only because they have a different set of eyes, a different set of lens. And so your heart has always been there. Mm-hmm. And your, uh, what we did is we introduced a different philosophy called CrossFit in the group atmosphere. And then what you're trying to do now, which I think is really unique and a huge opportunity, uh, is that you're trying to find this magic combination between the uh, split-type training yep. seen in commercial gym Yep. With the group fitness model philosophy, high intensity, functional movement, and try to find that hybrid and find that niche for you. And I think there's huge opportunity for that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And I'm still working on it daily, just kind of, you know, sitting down, putting myself in a, you know, creative space, sitting at the pool, just kind of putting all these thoughts. And, you know, I, I took your, um, what you do is you email yourself either to-do lists or ideas and kind of go back to them via email. So I've been doing that and it's just, you know, every uh, 10, 15 minutes I get a new idea and I just email myself and, you know, come back to it later and and just rocking and rolling. And, you know, going back to your point on um, making a move based on you don't want to look at yourself down the road and have any type of feeling of regret. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's really, you know, comes to mind for me is because dude, it's all I'm thinking about lately. Like right. I'm, I'm, you know, sometimes getting up in the middle of the night and I, I'm just sitting there. I can't fall back asleep because I'm just thinking of opportunity. Right. I'm just thinking of, um, you know, like this just, it feels right. It's that like overwhelming feeling in my entire body that like, I'm just super, super excited. And, uh, yeah, man. And, and when you get a, a feeling like that on an opportunity, you have to take it or you're literally thinking every single day, like you said, what if? Yeah, or you'll handicap yourself by indecision down the road because I believe one indecision makes the next indecision even easier, meaning you'll just stop taking action. And these are the people that are habitual uh, uh, people that habitually make excuses. They took a thought that they thought would be cool to follow and they never did. Yeah. Paralysis by analysis. And they did that. And the more they did that, the easier it became not to make any decision. And these are habitual excusers. And I, uh, I struggle with those types of mentality. Likewise, it's very easy to come out of that. Make one decision as tough as and challenging as it is. It makes the next tough decision slightly easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Slightly easier. I've been hearing more and more lately, you know, make hard decisions fast. What do you think about that? I say they're all situational. Of course. I think that the idea that the if you think too much, you will paralyze your, uh, you will create paralysis by analysis. Uh, some things you can't. Like if I say, uh, honey, I'm pissed that my taxes went up. We just had this convo, yeah. 300 bucks monthly. If I make a decision fast, it could compromise my family. But, uh, and I think Gary V said this, he says that, you can take more risk with the le- with the less responsibilities you have. Independence. Right? Because over time, this decision, I guarantee when you're married someday 
with Kimmy, and you have a house, <laughs> and you have a, a, a little jit or two running around, yeah. this decision is a thousand times harder, Brett. Of course. So Makes sense. Uh, it, it just depends situationally, but I think uh, for this situation, absolutely, it's the, it's the next move for you. Yeah, thanks, man. And, um, you know, this all comes down to, you know, me having a self-awareness, which is a good segue for, for my man, Mini Mario, to kind of, you know, go over a little bit. But I have the awareness, like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this because this is what I need to do, right? Like, I feel it, you know, I'm living my day-to-day on it. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm all in, and I have the awareness to do that. So, my man, what you got for us on a little bit of self-awareness talk today? The mini nugget of the day. The mini nugget. Um, so, if we take like try to transition your convo about um, about creating, uh, looking at ways to create opportunity. I think it's really important that there is a level of self-awareness of what you can or can't do, right? Your current capacity. And it's so like the problem with the convo that we're having that I see with people is it's still a philosophy and it's very intangible, right? It's like, what is opportunity, right? You can't like, you can't put numbers to it and you can't do that. We talk about maybe some opportunity in a niche. And if I get a certain amount of clients, this is what I could charge with this program. Maybe if I do an ebook, sure, we can put those intangibles. But the problem with opportunity and self-awareness is that there's, you can't grab it, right? And so one, the most important part, if we take this conversation as, as an intangible and make it a tangible, it's really easy to understand. Self-awareness in the fitness community is your current, it's your understanding of your current abilities, raw, unemotional, just black and white on paper. Let's take the most common 50 exercises we do in the CrossFit program and knowing not what you think is the best, I want you to go uh, study what we know are the benchmarks, the current capacities at the current state of all these skills. And from there, I want you to rate yourself. That's tangible. Mm -hmm. And why that's important is that it'll help you take the emotion out of creating a level of self-awareness you didn't have. It's like the lady who says, you know, she's struggling with her weight and I ask her what she's eating. She goes, I eat pretty healthy. That's What's not that tangible. Mean? Right. And so we don't have to agree on what we believe is healthy or not, but let's put it on paper so that we have something to compare it to. And that step one of self-awareness is a current ability at a current state, yours at the current level, because by the way, your self-awareness today at your current capacity needs to be reproduced every single year because the current capacity grows. And so what was Rx today is not Rx five years from now. It's why I believe there's no such thing as Rx. It's on a continuum. It's the Rx is the most difficult way to do something at the current level. And so when we take that mentality, Brett, it's the things that I try to create in our athletes is do uh, how many pull-ups do you have? How fast can you run 400 meters? How what's your deadlift? Your one rep max. What's your deadlift when at 50% of your one rep max done 50 times? Like, and so I create my own definition, and I believe that uh, self awareness, 
uh, like a deadlift can be taught through int intentional practice. It requires a high level of emotional intelligence, critical thinking, reflection, and humility. Humility. Because just because I tell you something and you can't handle the truth, the fact is still the fact. I'm sorry, ma'am. Those. It's those, not personal. It's not personal. And again, everything I, you know, we talked about with coaching and the coaching program is like. Teaching people how to deadlift is going to be your easiest mm -hmm. part of this job. It's how do you teach them to deadlift without offending them, Yep. right, without making them feel bad. And, But the fact is still the fact, and that's because I have a level of self-awareness doing CrossFit for 10 years, training, personal training for 15 years, is that you have to create this level of self-awareness, not just like for the sake of self-awareness, because the second part is, once you build that on a tangent, put it on paper, on a tangible of your strengths and weaknesses, how are you going to develop those things that are weak into something less weak, right? I don't believe everything has to be a high-level strength. No CrossFit Games athlete has won every single division of every single event. But the gap between their strength and weakness is small, and that's why they perform consistently well. And so not only do you have to create a self-awareness of every single movement, of every load, speed, duration, time, and in combination possibly imaginable in CrossFit, you have to know how you're going to get from where you currently are to where you want to be. And that takes time, it takes patience, it takes humility, it takes relationships with your coaches, all that put together. But if you don't do that, we're all just we're all just fiddling, you know, around pretending that you're getting fitter or that you like to work out because it got your heart rate up. Like that's I don't care if it got your heart rate up. If it did and that was a stimulus, awesome. But some days it there is getting your heart rate up is the wrong thing today, my yep. friend. And they have to understand how that comes together yeah no i think it's awesome we're having this conversation because self-awareness is not um you know out there well-known term that it, you know it should be right a lot of these people's uh, a lot of the people at our gym if we were to ask them what is their definition of self-awareness we'd get uh, you know multiple different types of answers and some say you know what i never even thought about it right so we're having this convo and we're you know having their best interests in mind. Hey, you know, we are going to teach you all of this going on in the gym right here. You know, we're going to give you these awesome coaching cues, but at the end of the day, if you don't know where you're at currently as an athlete, you're, you're behind in the game. So, you know, it's up to us to have this conversation to instill this concept of self-awareness in our athletes minds to think, Hey, you know what? I should know that. Or, you know what? You know, I should have, developed a little bit of strategy based on my current capabilities and that's the whole reason why we kind of came up with this app that we're doing this workout tracking app mm -hmm. to instill this right once we have these numbers on paper these benchmarks on paper it's like you know i'm going into this next workout with a different type of awareness based on the analytics what i did last time right so it's it's a conversation to have and it's great that you know you wanted to make your topic about it today and we just need to make it more well-known and part of our language every day in the gym. And that, that, that's the most important part. It has to happen from day one. And it's not like the, you know, the, the, the number one excuse for people not creating self-awareness is I, I don't want to do that because I don't want to go to the CrossFit Games. I yeah. never said that this is going to get you to the CrossFit Games. Nobody in this area is going to make it to the CrossFit Games. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if you're going to pay $150 a month, you better be able to mm -hmm. know and 
quantify, my friend, yeah, if, that you are improving. Yeah, what we are doing is working. If not, go to that uh, boot camp program down the road. That's not what we are doing. And if they say they don't care enough, like, hey, I'm just coming in for a good workout, that's a, a very lazy way to approach your health and fitness. Like, you don't you don't care enough? I mean, come on. So if you see yourself, uh, your medical bill is going up, you don't care, or if you see get you're getting you know prescribed all this medication you don't care that's basically saying a very similar concept yeah they um and it goes back it's it's just another it's a, a lazy way to think it's a lazy excuse yeah right and i'm not like i don't care if the max you ever get on the deadlift is a hundred pounds but did you start with the pvc yeah right exactly like, it's progress mm -hmm. It's progress, and if you are not consistently seeing progress, listen, your first year here, you'll get immense progress. I believe after the two-year mark in the group training, you will stagnate. That is not the programming. Stop making that as an excuse. It's that you have, you do not, you either do not have the self-awareness of where you're your strengths and weaknesses are, or you've actually never put the extra effort in of getting from where you are to where you currently got to be. And now you got to complain it's your shoulder or that, you know, you're mad because this is the weakest you've ever been. And then I ask you, when's the last time you actually spent a half an hour, three times a week doing Olympic lifting? Uh, your shoulder hurts. When's the last time you spent on average an hour a week working on your shoulder? And the answer is none. Yeah. None. And that's where I really struggle. Now, if they said, Mario, I've been on a 12-week cycle for, uh, for three months, and I, I, I did the template you told me, and I'm still not improving, then I, that's me meeting them halfway. And then I say, man, let me look at this. Let me look at your numbers. Send me a couple of videos of your technique, and then I can work with them. But I am not going to hold their hands to hey, beg them to keep doing the Ollie cycle three times a week. Yeah. You just said it. They want their hands held. They want to be babied, right? And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. We want to force them to, hey, you got to want it. So you got to work for it a little bit. So here's an example. The other day at the gym, um, someone walked in and said, hey, can you do my body fat because they saw me doing someone else's? I said, yeah, email me. We'll set up an appointment. We'll do it. Oh, no, I don't care that much was the answer I got after. Wow. I said, and that's why we're not going to do it as soon as you walk in. Like, that was my instant response. Right. It's like, oh, that kind of looks cool. Exactly. She yeah. sees me doing it. She yeah, walks in. Good. She's like, hey, can you do mine after? I said, hey, let's set up an appointment. I'll do it. Right. Oh, uh, no, I don't care that much. I said, oh, my God. Well, so that's the hand. That's the hand holding. That's the laziness we're talking about it's bad because ultimately i say this all the time like 10 years down the road if you're still training with me because you don't know what you're doing i screwed up yeah and you screwed up no, because we're, we're educators we are 95 percent education five percent inspiration and i think the other thing with that is like they like the idea brett mm -hmm. they like the idea of getting the bar muscle up they like the idea of snatching uh, 225 guys, 135 females. They like the idea, but not the work. Not until you tell them what the work is. Yeah. And to me, that's the differentiator right there. I love that, man. I love that. Uh, let's go into Q and A action, baby. What we got today? Yeah, man. Let's. Uh, some of this uh, basically comes from uh, the Q and As that we've had the last few weeks that we haven't been able to answer. But send more in, right? If yeah, you guys got questions. Doing. Uh, go ahead and send us in, and we will be more than happy to answer them to the best of our capabilities. And we know our shit, so go ahead, send them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First one, how many times a day should you eat? Wow, okay, okay. This is a very 
you know, this is a, a, a question that's probably pretty big. You know, what's what's better, the traditional, you know, six meals uh, every hour and a half or, you know, two big meals with some fasting in between? My answer would be, drum roll, please. The most important part is what you are eating and how much you are eating. Okay. The meal timing and frequency is the very you know, bottom of the totem pole, right? You got to focus on what the hell you're eating is quality, real, whole, non-processed food, and how much you're eating, right? The calorie balance, you know, has to correlate with what your goals are. If you're trying to lose weight, you know, um, then obviously you got to be expending more calories in the gym than you're consuming. If you want to gain weight, vice versa. But, you know, and then the, the timing and frequency is based on what you can do long term, I always say the best diet is solely based on your ability to follow it. Mm. So compliance, it, it compliance. So if you're working, you know, stupid, crazy hours, you know, busy, 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 running around crazy and you think you can stop every two hours to eat a meal, you're setting yourself up for failure. Making right? your life 10 times harder. Exactly. And so it, it kind of all depends on your style. If you like eating more frequently and you can afford to do that within your lifestyle, do that. If you can't do that, you you know, you're super busy. You rather, you know, skip breakfast, get to work, eat a big lunch and a big dinner because that works with your schedule. Do that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what you're eating and how much. Ironically, you say if you dot dot dot, that is categorizing the person's self-awareness at what works and doesn't work for them. Mm -hmm. So how do you go from you recognize that two meals a day is what you've done for the last 10 years and you read this damn article on WebMD that tells you it's better to eat six times a day and then you just do it. Yeah. There's no self-awareness from like, dude, that's a bad idea. Like, okay, maybe that might be cool down the road, but how do I get from two to six? You better not do it tomorrow. You're going to be constipated as hell. And then they're like, oh, but my stomach hurts. No shit. I know. It's so extreme. It's And and it goes to, one, what is your self-awareness at this? How how often do you eat? Oh, I don't know. Uh, What kind of food do you eat? I'm not like, I'm not sure. There's no self-awareness. So before I even tell them what what might work based on what they're t- trying to do, which is part two, I'm going to tell what them. What are they doing now, right? What are you currently doing mm-hmm. now? Write a piece of paper. Get back here. Number two is uh, not only creating the self-awareness is what is the goal, right? Because this, ans- this answer is completely different for two different goals. This has a different answer for somebody who's looking to gain weight versus someone looking to lose weight. Right. Mm-hmm. Or to improve performance or uh, to uh, control their hunger appetites at night. Why are you asking? I, that's my favorite reply to any of these common fitness questions, because I love that it's completely different based on the individual. Like you said, their lifestyle, what works, what doesn't. If you dot dot dot, I'll say, huh, well, why are you asking? Because if I just go back to my uh, uh, a script for that answer, it completely misses the mark. Mm-hmm. I love it. Next question. How much water should you drink a day? I mean, this could also, we can go the same exact route. Well, let's write it so they can kind of get our template as coaches and the template they should have when dealing with any of these fitness questions. Why are you asking? What are you currently doing? What's your activity level like? What are your goals? Right? I mean, it, it's all 
you know, specifically individualized based on what they want to do, what their goals are, what they're currently doing. Right. Um, I can tell you what I do. I don't know if it's the right one, but you know, I try to go at least a gallon a day. You know, the reason why I say a gallon a day is because this is easy for me to quantify Mm. if I get it or if I don't. Now I could definitely geek out and say, Hey, you know, based on my body weight, this is what I should do. You know? Um, but it's simple, it's convenient. Um, it's accessible, it's sustainable, and I don't feel dehydrated, right? I feel good. I'm not, you know, waking up, you know, dehydrated, achy or anything like that. And it's easy for me to quantify. Um, but you know, I could really do some, you know, high, you know, research on, Hey, if you want to do this, this is what you should be consuming. But that's what I do. And it works for me. What do you got? Like, let's take this concept of nutrition questions and let's turn it into questions about exercise and how we answer that. My template is, what is your current capacity? What is the RX capacity? And let's go from there. So if we take that same concept with nutrition, we would say, what is your current capacity at drinking water? You say, man, I'm lucky to drink two cups of water a day. I drink a lot of coffee and uh, from there I only drink soda. If I gave them an answer that was above RX, which is for what you do, a gallon a day is well above RX. It's very few. It's a small percentage of high-level athletes that do that. So you're an idiot, trainer, coach, if you are prescribing a gallon a day after an end. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. And. Let's say you had two issues. Like, first of all, like you weren't drinking a gallon a day before you started the gallon a day. So you recognize two things. When you heard the gallon a day, you either weren't drinking any water and you're like, I need to drink water. How in the heck am I going to do this? Well, let me quantify the gallon's a great idea. With you recognizing you were going to pee yourself for the next three days, you're going to pee all the time. Or the other way you did it was just more incremental. It's like, dude, that sounds like a really cool idea, but I really don't want to pee, you know, every hour for the next three days. And so you took and added, uh, four ounces every day for the next two weeks until you added the gallon. None of those answers are wrong, but you created a self-awareness of your current capacity and where you want it to be. And you work through that, but just to random make decisions. That's why there's never no compliance on any of these nutrition things because they don't treat it the same thing like exercise. Yeah. It's too extreme. It's too drastic. You can't go from your first day doing a barbell deadlift with an empty bar to 400 pounds. It's absolutely stupid. You're setting yourself up for failure. So, you know, incremental building is the way to go. Consistency over, you know, something so extreme um, that's not sustainable. You're setting yourself up for failure. Well, the increment is just is just to make your life a little bit better. If you say, no, I really, really want to drink a gallon a day. You would just say, hey, listen, just be ready to pee every hour. Can you do that at work? Can you do that with what's going on? Because if you can't, I guarantee there's not enough compliance. You'll give up by the end of the week because of what I told you, you not being able to recognize and create self-awareness that this is going to happen. You can't biologically uh, skip you not going from two cups of water a day to a gallon with without some type of lifestyle issue. So that's something you just want to recognize and help them create. And for us, it's easy because we talk about fitness 90% of the time that we're going to use the metaphor of fitness for the nutrition stuff because they get that. They get that. Mm -hmm. I love it. Cool, man. You ready to go to the highlight of the look good, feel good podcast? Let's do it, man. So one thing we've had in common since the start is we both have sports backgrounds, right? And 
you know, you are a phenomenal businessman. I've known that from once I first started at the gym. And, you know, I, I take passion in developing my business skill set as well. You know, I told you from the start, I want to learn that as well from you, just as long as much um, along with the coaching aspect and all that. So, you know, and I was thinking about the correlation between sports that have that sports have with business. And I mean, there's so many aspects and routes we can go about this, but we got three pretty big ones. And I think uh, they could be a value to our listener. It's huge. It's not a coincidence that the most successful people I know previous athletes are former athletes. Why? Because the skill required to be a high level athlete is the same skill required to be a successful business owner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a, a good place to start is uh, teamwork, right? You know, the, the term I'm self-made uh, is probably complete BS in my opinion. You know, uh, a lot of the highest successors in anything, business, sport, they've all had coaches. They all have had teammates, right? It's a, it's a team atmosphere, um, you know, that they're building in their workplace, right? It's no one does anything alone. And you can look that from, you know, teammates on the football field to work associates, coaching staff, you know, uh, CEO, CFOs, like it's, it's it, the, the teamwork um, idea of business and is, is awesome. It, it's inherently built in to sports, uh, even if the sport's individual. For example, wrestling is also a team sport. How is it built as a team sport? Well, although you rest on a, wrestle on a one-on-one individual basis, your overall success as a team is based on everybody doing their part. That's Bill Belichick's do your job. Love that it. if you do it independently and you do your thing independently, it goes to the gross net of the team. Yep. And those things have to be uh, that you can't negate one with the other. There is no such thing as being self-made. It's, uh, if, if anybody's ever said that, it's a, it's a, quick, uh, it's a quick indicator for me to, to move on past what <laughs> yeah, he's saying. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, bye-bye, right? So, um, and it's built in. I mean, so when we talk about what teamwork looks like, it's – you know, having to work with somebody you really don't want to work with, but they're on your team. So we have to recognize that it's uh, recognizing that I have a strength that they might not have and vice versa and being okay with that, if not being supportive and asking for help with that. Hey, uh, dude, man, that high crotch you have when you go and take him down like that is so smooth. Can you show me how that works? Because I'm not really good at that. And ironically, he comes to me and says, that sweep single you have, dude, that thing, like, how do you do that? And that's part of the teamwork of recognizing that it's impossible to be good at everything. And the teamwork allows us to do that. And in business, it um, that's why I think the uh, the best leaders are former athletes because the leaders have to learn regardless of whether they would like them on the street or not at a party. This is a team, man, and we need to work together. Uh, We said this, I I think I told you this when we were talking about marriage and stuff with, with, uh, you know, some issues my wife and I were having when we started, uh, when we got married and had our first kid. And that was like when we would argue sometimes, like, we would we were arguing for the sake of trying to be right and whether we were right or not that mentality is screwed because to be right um 
uh, sport is a zero-sum game. That means there's a winner and there's a loser. Every sport. That's the negative side of sport. But without that, you can't. There's no sport. You can't have competition otherwise. Yeah. There has to be a winner and a loser. But I was treating that the same way in my arguments with my wife, where you know I would use more analytics and philosophy, and I thought about this. And what was happening is though though I would win the uh, win the philosophical argument. I lost the connection to my wife as the process. And so we had to come to a point to be like, like we're on the same team, dude. And if I'm just trying to win the argument for, to win the argument, this is a zero sum game. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking out of that argument, not as strong with my wife as I should be. So regardless of whether I'm right or wrong, it has to be a win-win in that situation. And the same is with teams. Regardless of whether you're right or wrong, we have to present it in a way that we all win in this situation so that we can actually win the zero-sum game of the total competition. Yeah, no, it just comes down to us having the same goal, us having the same vision, us having you know each other's best interests in mind. And that, you know, that's what brings it all full circle and brings it all together from your standpoint, from an individual, um, actually, you know, being an individual when you're on the wrestling mat, that competition that day. Yeah, it's one on one. However, the, the practice, the, you know, bus ride up there, the building relationships with, you know, with your teammates, all of that is one big you know, puzzle piece of the overall, you know, when you're stepping on the floor individual. So it doesn't just stop there. It's everything leading up to that as a team effort. Well, you were saying something earlier about, you know, when you wanted to take this position, you had looked at the analytics and your capacity to capture the market in that area. And the same thing is with business. The same thing is with fitness Mm -hmm. is you aren't BSing yourself. You're saying, what is the numbers? What are our numbers? Is there potential for growth here without the emotion? Yeah. And I think you need a, a great blend of both. The, when we talk about motivation over discipline, that's the blend, right? It's, discipline over motivation. Excuse me. Discipline over motivation. Would I like both? Absolutely. hundred percent. You know, a lot of times when people ask us questions, they want us to pick either or, and I'm a moderate dude. I'm like, why can't, why can't I have both? Like if I can, I'm going to try to motivation is the greatest impetus for change initially. But if you think that impetus for change that you had, uh, your first week of the job is going to be the same motivation you had 10 years in, or in my case, eight years in, you better check yourself because it's not going to happen. There's no such thing. But as my motivation dwindles, I have built the discipline to keep going regardless. And if the motivation comes back because I'm inspired by opportunity or inspired by something else, I'm going to ride that motivation again as, as long, long as you as can. can. Yep. And the same is true here. But and that's what it's saying. So how is that example in fitness? It's real simple. What happened during the open? People were creating. We had this momentum. We kept For talking sure. about. It's why we rolled out the app. It's why we rolled all these other programs out. We wanted to take advantage of the motivation, the momentum. But we recognize if they didn't build disciplines with the app and some other things, these are the people dropping off. They're not plugging in numbers anymore. They like the idea, right? And so we want to take advantage of motiva- motivation with our athletes when they have it. Build 
indirect habits that they don't even know is going on. Remember that question we had about like, why is it so hard to get going once you stopped? It's we help them build habits that became natural. And yep. they're like, oh, this is easy. I don't need the gym anymore. Or I don't need to keep working out four days a week. That's like, I, I can do this myself. And then what happens is they stop doing the things that were required for them to succeed in our gym. They lose those habits and now everything gets hard again because we inherently build positive habits for health and fitness without them having to think about it. Yeah. And I think a great way to kind of get back in that flow um, you know, I had an online client that reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, it's been a rough couple of weeks. I just haven't had the motivation. So the first thing I say is what is your overall why? Okay. Why are you doing this? Why are we four years in doing this still? You know, what made you decide to do this? Right. And if you can kind of go back to that root of why they started and, you know, dig deep and make them think and, you know, this can kind of give them that, oh shit, you know, this is, it'll hit them, right? It'll hit them. And then that's when you go to the gym when you don't want to. That's when you wake up early when you don't want to is because if you're driving force, that big why in you is strong enough, you're going to do what you got to do. Absolutely. I think that human beings are resilient. They, uh, they are able to overcome a lot of things, but, uh, we are very forgetful as well. Uh, you started the fitness program four years ago because your doctor said that if you don't lose 50 pounds, you are going to die. That was a huge impetus for change the first two years. Mm -hmm. And then they forgot about that convo with the doctor that said that because they got somewhat in shape. And so the resilience is there, but also there's that forgetfulness. So the why is a reminder of why we do what we do. It's what tugs into the heart. It digs deep and it's painful. Uh, and sometimes we need to draw that back out because that can be the impetus for change that bring that momentum back and uh, keep moving in the right direction. Yeah, no, I love it. And just to kind of bring it back um, full circle, you know, the the correlation between sport and business, it can stay there, but it can, you know, we want to kind of bring it back to fitness as well. What you're doing inside the gym can be correlated with outside the gym as well. You can take the principles you're learning because we consider CrossFit the sport of fitness, Absolutely. right? We're in there working out together as a team uh, with a, a similar goal, and we want to reach that. And those principles don't stop there. What we're doing outside, we can bring it right into work, right into the business, you know, and it's, it's a very smooth transition that needs to be taken. Yeah, and I think that, you know, when we, w with how we started about looking at opportunity and where we see growth, we, we, we are living this man. We are truly living this. You trying to look at opportunity for growth as the next move in your career path. Me trying to keep the business running as successful as possible, as long as possible doing what I love to do us trying to work with our clients to help them get from where they are to where they currently want to be. But all this stuff takes confidence. It takes a high level of self-awareness and these things, you can't forget about it when all you're there is like, like you can't just think it's just me throwing around weights. It has to be about something so much more. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll catch you next week, Brett. I'm really excited for you, man. You know, we love you. Uh, the, we're going to keep writing this podcast because we believe that not only does it edify or help other people, our, it continues to uh, allow us to challenge our skill set uh, and, and speak to the audience and, and to c continue our relationship. Yeah, 100%. This isn't going anywhere. And, uh, you know, 
if you guys like it and you are getting value from us, you know, please, we're, like I said last time, we're trying to climb the charts, baby. We're trying to get this out there. We feel like we've got some good stuff going on and we want to try to spread it and help as much as possible. So in order to do that, leave us a positive comment and a five-star rating and we will greatly appreciate you. We love you guys. Thanks, man. See you guys.